Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. You're listening to the Modern Coach Podcast, episode number 23. How to stop imposter syndrome from killing your business. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, another Thursday, another special edition of the podcast. And this week is a topic that I have been working on what feels like my whole life. (laughs) How many of us can relate to that feeling? I think particularly as a woman who is smart and ambitious and who has the tendency to get bored with, you know, just any type of position or job that I've ever had just because I can, you know, see the the blind spots. Like now this makes me a great business coach for other businesses in that I can see things from a very high level and I can also zoom in and, you know, break things down and help people make progress quickly. So I think that for the longest time, I that skill set was just a given. And I felt like, it wasn't, it wasn't almost me, if you get what I'm saying. Like it wasn't, I knew I had these skills. I knew that I had these attributes, but I always assumed that there was something wrong with me, not with the system that I was working within. So I think that inheriting this twinge of imposter syndrome, this twinge of who am I to be doing this? This twinge of, I don't feel legit. This twinge of, I don't have the confidence to do inset, whatever it is that you don't have the confidence to do. For me, it, you know, it has been like a battle and it has been a long learning process to unlearn the bad messages that I was given as a child, as a teenager, as someone who started working quite young. And I think that imposter syndrome is such a thing that keeps so many small business owners stuck. It keeps us hidden. It keeps us in that cave of solitude where we're not asking for help, where we're not reaching out for support, where we're not, you know, even taking action. You might have, you know, a Google Drive folder of a thousand and one different posts that you just haven't posted. You might have an offer or 10 in your back pocket that you haven't sold. Like I was talking to someone the other day on a consultation and she was saying that she created like 11 digital products that she never sold. (laughs) Like they, they were just in her system. And this just baffles me because what is it that stops us from taking that action? What is it that, you know, keeps us as women stuck for longer? And I think that it's a really, really interesting topic because I think that any time we have that conversation, imposter syndrome seems to come up. And I think that you as a business owner 
have to bet on yourself first. Like no one is going to believe in me more than I believe in myself. I can rely on other people for sure to, you know, give me their support to cheerlead me. I can talk to my coach and I can, you know, reach out to my peer support network and I can talk to my partner and I can talk to my family. But ultimately, they're not the visionaries here. I can see the bigger future. I can see myself in that next level version of an iteration of my business where don't get me wrong, all of those people in my life will support me on that mission, but only I can make that happen. Only I as the business owner can see the bigger vision. And I think that this is a testament to, you know, the, the reason that people start businesses and the, and the reason that people kill businesses is because if you have that strong sense of vision and when people say like, know your why, that's what they mean, right? What they mean is, do you have that bigger vision and do you have the the um, the staying power to get to it, right? Or are you going to sabotage yourself? Are you going to listen to that imposter syndrome voice in your head? Or are you going to, you know, believe all the bullshit that people have told you perhaps in the past, right? And I think that as an entrepreneur, the hardest job by far, it's not marketing, it's not messaging, it's not sales, it's not you know, your website or funnel or whatever it may be, but it's that consistent ability to believe in yourself and to bet on yourself every single day. Because when I get out of bed every morning, I'm betting on me enacting that vision. I'm betting on me believing in myself enough so that it's not, you know, I'm not betting on the company making money. I'm not betting on my boss giving me the paycheck. I'm not betting on whatever incentive as I'm working towards, I'm not betting on that bonus at the end of the quarter. I'm betting on me and I'm betting on my ability to enact the vision. And I think that this is not really talked about in this context, in terms of your imposter syndrome, therefore, is that voice in your head that goes, but is it really possible? But, you know, remember when Dr. Hoyle told you that you are not going to be in the top master anymore? Or you know, that voice of, do you remember when your parent accidentally calls you stupid? <laughs> like, without really even, even meaning to essentially shatter your confidence nine times out of 10. And it, it's those moments in time that I think sabotage business owners. And I think that it's those moments in time where you, your vision has to be stronger. You, your ability to believe in yourself has to be something that you practice like a muscle. I always joke with my clients and I say to them that like your belief in yourself is like you doing your push-ups every day. It's like you doing that yoga. It's like you doing, you know, going for a run every week or whatever it may be for you. It's that habit. And I think that the, the habit of getting out of imposter syndrome is one to consider and one to, to talk about and one to discuss because I think that, you know, a lot of us hire coaches, a lot of us buy into programs and a lot of us don't do them, right? Don't, you don't reach out to your coach for help. You don't, you know, whatever, check in on Messenger. You don't go to the group coaching calls. You don't open <laughs> like the material beyond module one. And I can see this because we have literally hundreds of students going through our programs this quarter and I can see who's opened what and I can see how many people haven't even like logged in to watch the workshop that they just spent money on right I can see how many people have you know watched the first however many like lessons of a like a high investment program and then never got to part six right 
And I, this is not like a call out or shaming situation because I've been there too. Like there are so many things that I have invested in that I've got into like week three and then whatever, I lost interest. There was another shiny object over there. I didn't turn up to the calls. And in fact, even in my mastermind, I posted a few weeks ago after I got back from LA saying something like, this is my accountability thread to show up more in here because I haven't been doing it. And, and I think, you know, how many of us don't show up because there is that, like a sabotaging voice in our head that says, well, you know, so-and-so is making more money or so-and-so is further ahead or like I haven't even gotten to through week one yet and they're already on week six. And I think that all of that also plays into imposter syndrome. So it's not just the, you know, the stuff that you carried from your past and the stuff that ultimately affects you as the business owner. It's not just the self-belief, but it's also this idea that, oh my God, I'm behind. And if I'm behind, it means that I'm an imposter and I don't belong in this room. And I think that is the most toxic thought that you can have as a business owner, that you don't belong in this series, in this group, in this container, in this mastermind, in this coaching container, whatever it may be. And it's something that I am continually working on because for the longest time, I was the youngest person in the room. Um, In my first business, you know, I would go to these events and there would be 40, 50, 60 year old women, to be, to be frank, it wasn't like her. I I wish I had like the story of everyone was a corporate man and I was the like young and flirty, successful woman. I don't have that story. I generally always like to invest in mentors who align with my values and who are generally into, you know, dismantling those patriarchal, uh, systematic problems in my opinion. But For me, even being in those rooms back then, as a young girl, you know, 20 something year old, who was making a lot of money, like I say this because I think this is something that really affected me in my younger career that I was making more money than all of my friends combined. And the opportunities that I had as a 20 something year old were not the opportunities that my friends had. So it would always, there would always be this like disparity between what I could do and what they could do. Like they couldn't go on the same holidays that I was going on. They couldn't go to the same places that I wanted to go to. They couldn't, you know, go to the theater because they were dead broke students, right? So there was all of this, there's like that gap. And I feel like when you're in, in the successful mode or if you're even not in the successful mode, right? And you're seeing that gap constantly, it also feeds the imposter syndrome because you are like, well, the people my age or the people at my level or the people in my circle, they're like happy with what they have and it's not enough for me. So there must be something wrong with me is the default thought usually for most people. And then you're in the room with the people who can do those things, but they may seem like they have more experience, more success, more like less trouble, whatever. And you're like, well, I don't really belong in this group either because they're older, they're wiser, they're smarter, they're this, they're that. So for me, the imposter syndrome kicked in not necessarily even from like a young age, but from that weird moment of, I'm almost too far ahead over here to talk to people about my business or to talk to people about what I'm really going through. And I don't feel comfortable enough in this environment to be able to really fully show up and share. And I think that when you recognize that you're in those two spots, and it can look different for different people, right? 
that's the first step to stopping it from killing your business. Because I think when you identify the emotion and when you identify what is it that I'm going through, it's so much easier to move through and find a different way. It wasn't that I was actually underqualified or young or too young or whatever to be in that group of badass women in like first year of business. It was more that you know, I felt that way and therefore I wasn't showing up as fully me and therefore I wasn't like a, I don't know, I wasn't in a space to really fully own myself. That's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing either. It's just a neutral thing. And like next time that I invested in whatever the next thing was, I made it a choice to show up fully. And from that moment on, there was no like ghosting the group, not doing the training. Like I made the decision that I was going to be the most coachable, the most open, the best student. And for anything that I show up in, whether it's like a $7 masterclass or a $15,000 coaching package, I aim to be the most coachable, the most open, the most, you know, the best quote unquote student in the room, because that's how I will get over and transcend this I don't know, imposter syndrome, I guess. And I think that when you show up as the most coachable, as the most open, as the most willing to learn, the imposter isn't there because you know that you're there to learn. You're not there to prove anything to anyone. You're not there to, you know, you're not there to be like at the headmaster's office. You're not there to show up like in a weird like pseudo school scenario. You're there in a peer situation willing to hear from all of the room. And I think that's when my mindset shifted to really loving group coaching and really loving that experience of learning from everyone else and hearing my situations and hearing my problems pop up through different facets of other people's businesses, which is why I really love investing in courses. Like everyone will tell you that I buy so much training. I will not apologize for investing in myself because I believe that I am the best investment. (laughs) Like, you know, and this is a, this is an argument that I have with my family quite a lot in that, you know, they're all into buying property and investing in whatever stocks and other things. And I'm like, no, (laughs) like I'm the best investment in me. I would rather invest in a course than, I don't know, add to my my portfolio um, at this moment in time in my life. And I think that there are obviously different seasons for different types of investing. I would, I would just say as that caveat, but I think that me, myself and I, I have to put me first because look at the world right now. Like, what is it that you can, what is it that we can see with the different systematic structures failing and different levels of control being imposed on societies and on, on by our governments and etc. I think in this season of time and space and age, the best thing that you can invest is investing in you. But if you have this underlying imposter syndrome that's stopping you from showing up fully, then how can you ever get the most out of your investment? How can you ever fully show up as the best version of you in your business. So I think that this is something that we need to work on. Like this is something that we really need to pay attention to and make an effort to kill the imposter within. Because I think that when, you know, if we talk about investing for a second, I have different containers that people invest in and I find it fascinating, the different things that people say to me whether it's things like, I wasn't ready for this investment, but I'm so glad I did it anyway, because now I'm, you know, I've shortcutted it by like a year or whatever. It was like the the most recent conversation that I've had with a client. 
And I was like, well, is it that you aren't, weren't ready for this investment or is it that this container has given you the shortcut so that you saved yourself a year, right? And if you weren't quote unquote ready or you weren't quote unquote in the right place for this thing that you signed up to, then how come you're here now? <laughs> Quantum leap ahead. And I think sometimes that's another element of imposter syndrome where it plays tricks in our mind. And we forget that the decisions that we make are always great decisions. Like even the bad investments that I've made in my business and in my life were still good investments in that I've learned from them. Like a coaching program that we invested in was like to do with webinars and I just hated it. Like honestly, it was the worst investment I could have ever made. There was like no coaching support. The person who was doing the program didn't really show up. It was like weird office hours. I don't know. It was just really a really weird container. Like, did it suck to to quote unquote lose that money? Sure. But it also made me such a better product creator in that I know now what I want all my training to do. And I don't think that there is anyone in any of my containers who would say that I don't give you enough information or I don't outline things step by step. Because that was the other thing that really pissed me off is that when I bought a funnel course, like when I first started this this thing, right? I bought a funnel course and it was just like, okay, go and do the emails. I'm like, okay, well, how? <laughs> what, what do I write, you know? How, how do I show up? And you know, like people's bad training feeds into our imposter syndrome. Cause you are like, well, am I just not smart enough to figure it out? Like, should I just know what to write? Should I just know how to like formulate this tagline? Should I just have a bio already written? Like these little different things that I then ended up creating in a program really kept me back and really like fucked with my brain for a really long time. Because I was like, well, if I'm smart, I'm educated. I have, you know, invested so much money in my like traditional education. I've had all of these jobs. I've had all this experience and I can't figure this out. Like what is going on? what is it me like because ultimately i can see all these other people online doing all these great things but is it a me problem and i think there is two elements to this right sometimes maybe it is a you problem right sometimes it is like a knowledge gap or sometimes it is just a a knowing gap it's not even a, a knowledge like maybe you just don't know the things that you need to enact but also most of the time it's probably whatever the information that you're being given it's maybe it's not enough maybe it's not you know at the right level or whatever it may be so it's it's two things happening all at once that feed into this small voice in our head that says maybe it's a you problem and in my experience it's usually not a you problem you know you know what you need to do you know the things that you need to to have and whenever you invest in in different things like i invested in this ironically podcasting program and there was like no template. It was just these workshops, this person talking at me for an hour. There were like no templates for bio. There was no templates for show notes. There were no templates for anything. And I, you know, having created many products in the past, I'm like, how can you sell a podcasting program with no freaking templates? This makes no sense to me, right? But I think there's like a twofold issue in that, are you investing in the things that you know you want to invest in, as in, if I'd invested in that program and on the sales page it said templates provided and then I didn't get the templates, that's obviously a product problem. Versus if I invested in the program and it said workshops and I invested in that, right? So it's like you knowing how you like to learn and you knowing what type of support that you need. 
and then owning it. Because what happens is a lot of the time we invest in the support we think we need and then we don't own it. We don't show up. We, we ghost, we sabotage ourselves. We say to ourselves like it's not enough. Whereas I bet that if you were to show up in everything that you've signed up for, in everything that you're about to sign up to in the future, and you showed up like the most coachable, open, willing to learn self ever, then your life and business would change. Because if you're open and, and receptive and you're there not to prove anything to anyone, you're not proving anything to yourself, you're not proving anything to your coach, you're not proving anything to your family, you're just there to be a sponge, to learn, to take the gold nuggets, your life and your business would be so much better. Because there is no ego that you're attempting to feed. And ah, this is popping up as well. It's like very, very story timey. But I think this is such a such an important topic that I could just talk about for hours and hours and hours. Like I had a friend invest in working with me. This is maybe two years ago. And, you know, towards the end of our coaching relationship, I had the aha moment of, oh, wow, she has not been honest with me in that she is showing up in this container wanting to be liked by me. And I don't need my clients to like me. I don't need to even like my clients. Sometimes they won't like me because I say things that is going to, you know, some harsh truths essentially are said, right? And that's okay. We can say it in a loving, supportive, great way. But sometimes my clients don't like me and that's okay. I don't need them to like me. But I think that when someone else comes into the relationship and they have the people pleaser in them and they have the... I need you to see my business as more than it is, than what it is on paper. I can hold the vision for a person and I can like them as a person and I can also be honest and audit their business. And in that specific relationship, the person in question was so hyper-focused on me liking them and on me, you know, seeing, essentially, they were just bullshitting me. Like, she just wasn't being upfront about everything in her business, right? And it was like the first time this has ever happened to me in a coaching situation that I realized she is more concerned about me liking her than me helping her. It's more important for her to feel like I like her and I like the business model than for her to really come on the calls and be honest and be like, this is what I'm really struggling with. This is what I really need help with. And I think, you know, there is, there's a conversation to be had about like the coaching process and intake forms and things like that. But that aha moment really could have made me spiral and tell myself that like, I'm a terrible coach and I didn't see it and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I didn't because I think, don't think it's anything to do with me. Like how you show up is on you. I show up as me as the best version of me on all of my calls and all in all of my trainings. And sometimes, you know, I fuck up. That's, I think that's natural and that's okay. But I always endeavor to be the me that I fully am and to support people in the best way that I know how. That means that there is no imposter syndrome in me showing up as a coach, because I know for a fact that when I'm on that call with a client and when I am coaching the person, I am giving it 110% every single time. I don't ever show up on a call when I am 80 or 90, right? And I make it an endeavor to make sure that that never ever happens and that my clients always feel supported, right? And that's my goal. So 
if there is ever a situation where a client's mindset or a client's beliefs or a client's or something is happening with the client is very rarely to do with me and therefore I can be a good coach because I can see it, right? Because the conversations that I then had with that client were, well, where is this need for me to like you coming from? And why is that more important than the financial success of your business? And where is the, you know, where are the smoke and mirrors affecting your current client process? And that's where we had the breakthrough, right? But if I got into my feelings and I got into my imposter syndrome, I was like, oh my God, I'm a terrible coach. And oh my God, maybe I didn't see the things. And oh my God, you know, everyone's going to charge back or whatever the, whatever the other thoughts are that, you know, other people have around these situations. It, that didn't happen because I know for a fact there is no imposter there. So the next question I want to ask you is, well, where are you an imposter, right? Right? Like around my coaching, I just, I don't have any feelings around it because I know I'm a, I'm great at what I do. I know that I show up fully with my full heart and I know that I am always coming from a place of trying to support my clients to the best of my ability. And everything is set up to do that from like, I don't know, daily check-ins to, you know, whatever, weekly content reviews to my coaching calls, to containers, to everything else that I do in my business I have set it up in a way that I feel really strongly, passionately, and happy about. And therefore, there is nothing in me. If someone comes to me and says, hey, Lisa, your workshop sucks. I do not have any feelings about it because I know for a fact that it doesn't. <laughs> like, it's, there is no imposter syndrome within me. Whereas if you're creating something and you feel a certain doubt or feel a certain, you know, imposter syndrome around it, the question then becomes, well, where are you being an imposter? What are the elements of yourself and of your business that aren't solid? Where are the shaky foundations? Okay, so what skills do you need to develop? So when I first started my service-based business, I was not calling myself a coach because I wasn't a coach. I didn't have those, you know, I maybe had the inherent coaching skills, but, you know, who I was with my first client and who I am today, however many hundreds of clients in, is, is a different person. Like my coaching style is different. The way that I show up is different. My containers feel different. The quantum leaps that people have are different too because I'm no longer shaky around the coaching. And I think when you're starting out, whether you're doing something like uh, writing your first book or creating your first coaching, you know, group coaching program, or even just getting your first coaching client, you're gonna be different day one to day 1001. Like that's just obvious. And it's okay for you to feel a certain way about those containers, as long as you are upfront with people. When I first started coaching, I was like, you're like my first coaching client, is that okay with you? This is why the investment is this. This is what I'm gonna try and do. This is how much support you're gonna get. And as long as you are showing the people, the container, the inclusions, the marketing, whatever it may be, and you are honest about the things that are shaky and that you're going to keep developing them, then I think that imposter syndrome, you know, essentially decreases, decreases until it's not there anymore. So now I have unshakable beliefs around my containers, around my coaching, around my pricing. Like, I can't even imagine a client being like, well, you know, could you do it for less? <laughs> no, <laughs> what, what do you mean, could I do it for less? I have no imposter syndrome around my pricing, right? And I think that when you have certain feels and you have shakier boundaries, that doesn't mean that you're wrong or that it's it's stupid or that it's whatever, whatever you are making it to mean, right? It just means that 
there have to be adjustments and you have to recognize, okay, I feel a certain way about this specific thing. Like I feel a certain way about being in this room with this type of person. So what skills do I need to develop? What are the areas of life and business I need to work on so that I eliminate that feeling? How can I get more and more evidence to say that this is complete and utter bullshit? And I think that when you focus on improving those things, there there is inevitably an area where you're like, oh, okay, like I no longer feel a certain way. Like I went to this, I went to this um, conference a while ago and I looked at this conference and I sat there and was like, okay, I think I could probably do this in about a year. Like, I think I could get this many people. I think I could do it better. Here is the list of everything that I would change. I sent it to my, you know, COO. It was like, here, here are the things that I think need to be improved. And I think this could be possible for me. Whereas before, when I was in that room, right, looking and I was thinking about it like that, I'd be like, well, this is just impossible. There is no way in hell that I'd ever be able to put something like this on. And, you know, you don't have the systems, I don't have the process, I don't have the team, I don't know how I'd get these people here. And like, it's a fleeting thought, but as a business owner, if you're anything like me, you have those thoughts all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're obsessed about your business and how to improve it. And you're constantly thinking from that angle without even meaning to. Um, at least I do. So please tell me I'm not the only one, right? So I was sat in this room and that was the aha moment of like, oh, I don't feel any certain way. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, this much time away from the goal. And isn't it interesting that it's now become a goal? Like that I'm even thinking about it that way that like, oh, this is possible. And oh, I could do this. And oh, like I'm seeing the possibility. Whereas before that was way too much. It was it, like my brain would go into overload and be like, why am I even thinking that? Like, that's a really silly thought. Elisa, like snap out of it, focus on whatever it is teaching going on, you know? So I think that there is a pivotal moment in everyone's career in different areas of life and business where that voice just stops showing up because you no longer feel a certain way about it. You have confidence in yourself. You have confidence in your abilities. You're not shaking on your boundaries. But just know that if you're feeling an imposter syndrome around, let's say, creating content, but you don't create content every day, well, that's your first step is create content every day until you don't feel a certain way about it. Like, Practice makes perfect, as the saying goes. And you, as a business owner today, are going to be so different a year from now because you'll practice different areas until to the point where it won't even matter anymore. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to consider because you get to grow and you get to eliminate the areas that you don't feel confident in. So for the longest time, I had like this thing about events and now I don't really have a thing about events, right? And that's something that I've been actively working on, like my confidence, my ability to, I don't know, create a room atmosphere, my, you know, my like even budgeting skills. Like I think, well, an event must cost so much money. And the truth is, is that it probably doesn't, right? So it's identifying where you are feeling like that imposter and then figuring out, well, what are the skills that you need to create and where can you focus to not feel like that imposter anymore? That's thing number one. And then, you know, there is another element of it as like, where is it bullshit? Like, where is that the feelings, the thoughts, the things that come up, the beliefs, like the conditioning, where is it just not true? Because I think that nine times out of 10, the imposter syndrome probably is telling you something. It's probably telling you something about where you're at in life and in your business. But one time out of 10, it's not true. It's just something that has been 
drilled into you from a young age is just something that you know perhaps you're not over it's the you know lingering not enoughness that most of us struggle with and i think that most people when they talk about imposter syndrome talk about it like that like the the one percent when you are just feeling not enough right and there are different tools and things that you can do if you're really struggling with getting visible showing up on live there are things like like tapping and meditation and and journaling and you know even just yoga and breath work that you can do to regulate your nervous system and to get yourself out of that headspace. But if you have a habit of believing that you're not enough and you have a habit of believing that, you know, you're the the least smartest person in every single room, then it's up to you to focus on changing that habit. Because believe you me, imposter syndrome is a habit like everything else that we believe, Okay. So knowing your strengths and knowing that, you know what, this doesn't have to be my story. This might be something that I'm feeling today, but in reality, I have all of these tools at my disposal. And I really believe that every single person needs to figure out those tools for themselves, right? Um, And then I think the final point is that I want you to know your strengths. Like when we are having those moments of, you know, the, the eat ice cream on the floor moment, the or for me flop onto bed and like order agamama's moment which we all as business owners have by the way like we all have still have those meltdowns we still go into launch free fall there are still you know like when i invested in my most recent mastermind i paid for it and then i threw up immediately afterwards <laughs> like because <laughs> it was a lot of money that i'm investing in myself and maybe there will be a podcast a year from now where I no longer throw up after making big investments in myself. But I think that that's a normal like reaction. You're doing things that are outside of your comfort zone. You're pushing those boundaries. And it's going to feel a certain way in your body. But it's up to you to tell yourself, no, I'm safe. No, this is a good decision. No, this is what I need to be doing. Because you're breaking the mold of social and conditioning that you've been in all your life. And that's, I think, another... That's a whole other topic for another day. But... I think that knowing your strengths at the end of the day and again, like believing in yourself and telling yourself, I am worth it. No, I'm betting on myself. Today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I am betting on me being able to do the hard things. I am betting on me enacting this vision. And if I don't bet on me, no one else will ever, right? I have to believe in myself more than everyone else around me. And that doesn't mean that, you know, when I'm crying on the bed or when I'm in, you know, my 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 tiny moment of doubt that there aren't other people that remind me of that vision. But it's 100% my responsibility to believe in myself more than anyone else on earth. It is not my job to believe in you more than you believe in yourself as a coach. It is your job to believe in yourself and it is your job to back your vision and it is your job to wake up every day and commit to that vision over and over and over and over again. I cannot believe in you more than you can believe in yourself. I say this to all my clients all the time, they will confirm. <laughs> because I don't believe that that's my job. It's my job to support you and to see the bigger vision and to you know cheerlead you and to give you the tools and to give you the resources to help you get there faster. Yes, right? But it's not my job to actively cheerlead you and accountability you to the finish line. That is not what a coach does. You have to believe in yourself. Full stop. Bottom line, right? And I think the way that you do that is not only knowing your big why and your big mission and, you know, whatever the the, the dream is, but it's also 
having the practical resources to remind you. So things like case studies, swipe files. When was the last time you asked people for testimonials? When was the last time you opened your work and thought, oh, this is so good? Like, for example, I was recently doing my um, mapping my launch that we're going to be going into in the next, whatever, a few weeks. I opened up my program on messaging and was like, oh, this is just amazing. <laughs> I love this program. Look, I can use my own resources. When was the last time you practically used your own resources? When was the last time that you sat down and patted yourself on the back? I have a like a love note swipe file on my desktop that I absolutely love going through for those moments, right? So it's knowing your strengths and, and getting yourself back to that moment and reminding yourself every day that the work that you do changes lives because it does, right? And the fact that your clients are still waiting, like the people on the interwebs are waiting for you to show up and pay you. And isn't that the most novel, amazing, incredible thought ever? Then I really love peer pods. I love doing any type of, you know, accountability, check-ins. I have a magical morning practice partner where we check in every single day and we give our manifestations. And, and it, that's a really great practice that I love doing just for me. And there are people that I speak to in business. You know, we catch up now, usually we used to do it monthly, but now we do it quarterly just because we're all super busy doing amazing things in the world. Um, so the peer pods, right? And I'm talking to people in your masterminds, in your coaching containers, right? In memberships, right? When was the last time you just showed up for those people who are your peers, right? I think there there is something to be said about the, that peer accountability that really keeps you on your toes and also helps you practice actively not being an imposter. And it helps you actively feel good in those situations. And then obviously coaching, right? Coaching is such a big, big element of this in that, you know, I will make my clients do things that they don't want to do. And that's why they're there. They're there to be pushed to, you know, that next level. They're there to be supported and to be nurtured and loved through those hard moments, the the eat ice cream on the floor moments, the, the order of Agamama's moments, right? The everything is failing moments. And while it's not my job to believe in them more than, than they do on an active basis, it is my job to remind them and to help them show up in a way that impacts people, right? And I think that coaching has been the biggest shift for me in getting over that imposter syndrome and feeling confident in every single room. I don't think it ever goes away, right? The little voice of doubt in different moments of your life, whether it's through your health or fitness or any other area in your life, right? Or in your business. But I think that the people that you hire, the mentors that you invest in, are there to help you through those moments and are there to help you essentially make over that mindset so that you are showing up and believing in yourself a lot more consistently, therefore creating a lot better results long-term. So I hope you loved this episode. I hope it's giving you uh, a few practical things to think about and a few not so practical things to think about too. I would love for you to share if you can whether you've ever struggled with imposter syndrome and how has that affected your business. I would love to hear from you on my Instagrams, which I'll link down below, but you can find me at Alisa K Coaching, basically on every single social media platform on the planet. Um, and I would love for you to share your story with me. Like I know that imposter syndrome is such a thing, it's, it's almost an epidemic in itself that a lot of people struggle with. So you're definitely not alone if you have ever struggled too. So I will speak to you over there 
And for now, have an amazing day, afternoon or morning, wherever you are. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.